Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Gonna stand my ground, won't be turned around. And I'll keep this world from dragging me down. Gonna stand my ground, and I won't back down. And welcome to the Anderson Observer Podcast. Anderson loses an icon, one who will be almost impossible to replace. Renters and landlords may get some relief from pandemic losses, and one school district is thanking its teachers in a very tangible way for their work during these days of the virus. All that and more on today's Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. And as everyone knows by now, Anderson County lost Gracie Floyd last week. Everybody knew Gracie Floyd, and Gracie left behind behind a lot of friends and a legacy of fighting for her county council district two-seat constituents with a dedication and an energy that even her harshest critics admired. No one ever accused Gracie of not fighting for her district and for the people of her district. And this week's opening and closing songs were two of Gracie Floyd's favorites, so I wanted to make sure they got there. I Won't Back Down does sound like Gracie all the way around there. And um, they do exhibit the kind of person who she was, a fighter who loved life and who loved to laugh, but could be difficult and challenging when she perceived someone was not getting a fair shake. The last in-depth interview I did with Gracie was a little over a year ago, but her friends say this interview offered a really good snapshot of Gracie's personality and commitment to being a voice for those who are often ignored. 20 years, this September the 14th, will be my 20th year. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know, remind them how you decided to get involved in County Well, I didn't decide. Um, when my husband died in 1999, May of 1999, I had several people to come to me to ask me if I would uh, run in his, you know, for that position because it was open at that time. And uh, I didn't want anything to do with county council. My thought was I was by myself, my children were gone, so I was going to find me a place to go. So I said no. And then throughout the, um, the funeral processions and all, the, and all the things that went on there, they came back and asked me again, and I said no. Well, we, um, we buried him on a Sunday, and on Monday morning I got a call from Floyd's um, campaign manager, who was a dear friend of ours, and he asked me to do it, to please do it. So I did it after much fussing and, and, and complaining and a lot of crying, I did it. But I was so, I remember asking God, I said, Lord, if you want me to do this, then you, you have got to show me a sign, and here's what I want to see. Because I was so mad, I was so upset. I said, here's what I want to see. My God could take it. Well, um, I showed, told him the sign I wanted to see, and I saw it. And when I saw it, where I wanted to see it, I just fell on my knees, and I said, Lord, I yield. I yield. You know, I can't fight you. I can't fight you. But I need you to help me and I need you to take care of me. So um, 
a week later, Floyd died on a Thursday. The next Thursday at one o'clock, because I was told he died about one, there I was in the council chambers declaring my intentions to run for county council. Well, it was a uh, terrible ordeal. The, it was not easy. It was not easy. But I met with my sons. I have two sons, Gregory uh, William. Um, he's 47 now, I think. And Kenny uh, Wayne is 43. So I got the boys together, and... Um, and we talked about it. And whatever came up, I told them that it was the Lord's decision that I run. So I had to do it, no matter what came up. So I ran, and it was okay. I ran. Um, the nicest thing I, I, I want to I wanna tell you about is that our last son graduated from the University of South Carolina on a Saturday. Okay. And on the way home, we were talking about all this newfound income we were going to have. You know, no more, no more rent money, no more books, no more nothing. And what we were going to do with it. That was a Saturday. And the following Thursday, my husband was gone. Yeah. But uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Thanks to my friends. I have some wonderful friends. You know, I have just been blessed with my friends and uh, people who love me, genuinely they love me. But uh, it's okay. I've been here, it'll be 20 years, and I'm still up there. It was a historical election. I mean, well, first of all, Coach Floyd was the first African-American member of county council. Yes, he was. And, and he you're was the first the woman. Uh -huh. He was the uh, chairman of the council when he passed. He was, yeah. But your background's in education. You're an educator for years. Yes, you know, I, I have done quite a few things, and I see it now as it all prepared me for this situation that I am, for this position. Uh, I taught economics at Tri-County Tech for, uh, for a while. I was a bookkeeper. Um, I taught bookkeeper, bookkeeping, excuse me, for a while. And uh, my background is uh, business administration with a concentration in accounting. Um, I have been in education, I have taught from the second grade all the way through senior citizens. And uh, I have done things that I didn't think that I would ever do. I was a counselor with vocational rehabilitation for eight years and I was what was called an evaluator. Uh, that job was to work with people to determine the type of position that they would uh, suit well in. So it seems like everything that I have done in the past, as far as a work history is concerned, was leading up for me to be able to understand things, to do things, and to work with um, different people. And you've always been known as somebody who gets out in the district and gets together with people. Remind people what your district is and who you serve. Okay, um, I have about 22,000 people in my district, but each of us have about that, um, th about that many. But uh, my district um, takes in uh, Homeland Park, um, Broadway Lake, the Varennes area, uh, near Pat Harris, um, up to Highway 29, 
uh, half of downtown Anderson and um, up to Pyramidary Road. So pretty good geographic area you're covering Yes, there. yes. And I have the most wonderful people in my district. Um, you start out working with them and then they become friends. You know, they're my friends and they're my constituents. You know, some I dearly love. But uh, it's, it's really good. You know, and I would advise anybody who's sitting at home with nothing to do, get involved. Yeah, that's the thing that got me through for 20 years. I was involved. Now, before my husband passed, what I wanted to do, I did. All I wanted in this world was to be Greg and Kenny's mama and uh, Coach Floyd's wife. You know, you didn't have a name. This is Grace. And, no, you're Coach Floyd's wife, you know, but that was suitable. That was suitable, but um, what I'm doing now is just really wonderful. And Broadway Lake's part of your district. And you, oh, did I not say? You, well, I was just going to say, but you, yeah. yeah, you did. But that's that's been something you you've really worked hard to improve things out there. Yeah, when I um, when I looked at Broadway Lake, I saw the water, the houses, and the trees, and the grass, and the people. But then I saw something else. I saw a diamond, a diamond in the rough, and I thought this could really be something great. So the first thing we did was um, some friends of mine, um, I don't know if they would like for me to say their names or not, but, but some friends and I got together and uh, we organized. An uh, organization with me comes like this. You the chairman and you the treasurer and you the... <laughs> and we organized, okay? And then they did the rest. They did the rest. They uh, they knew what they wanted for that area, and they knew how they wanted it. And the only thing I did really was just sit around and said, uh-huh, okay, yeah, that'll work. Uh. But you've got a center out there now that's booked a year or more in advance. Oh, please don't let me tell you about that center, okay? It, uh, that center was a lot of harassment. Before we did that, we had a building out there. The toilet leaked. The kitchen floor would flood out. It was nasty. Um, it was just something that it was just sitting out there, okay? And people were trying their best to use it because they really needed it out there. So, given the chance um, to do something about it, we did. We did. We decided that we were going to put a new building out there. And uh, uh, we, worked, we worked on that so hard. Then it was finished. Well, the big picture was it was there. It was there that we did it. And the only thing we did was we shined up that diamond a little bit more. And it's generating a lot of income, and it's booked a year in advance, a lot of weddings, a lot yes, of parties and stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, it is never available hardly at all on a Saturday because people are out there, they see what they have, they're enjoying it, what they have. They can see their tax dollars at work, and it doesn't cost that much to do it. Um, but it was the right thing to do. You know, and this, the thing that kept coming in my mind is, if God be for you, who can be against you? Thanks. What are some other things that you're proudest of from your time of service to the county? 
Well, I was in a meeting once with the president of Tri-County Tech, and he was telling us about the enrollment, and at that time I asked him about the African-American enrollment. He told me it's about 1%, and I just couldn't believe that. All this money we have to pay, and all of our people are not privy to this, so I um, researched the thing and then figured out it's transportation. A lot of our kids didn't have the transportation to get out there. So I worked mostly with, um, I went to our administrator and told him, and he was always so supportive. And he said, okay, he assigned Michael Cunningham to work with me. And oh boy, poor Mike, <laughs> he won't do that again because I, I rode him like a wet horse in a thunderstorm, okay, because I really wanted that. Well, we worked, and, and uh, the administrator worked. In fact, he even um, got Mr. Hollings, I'm sorry, Senator Hollings, to come up with the money that we needed. He um, in, in employed some transportation experts to help us. Well, we had the money. We, uh, Michael went up to Clemson and talked with them. We had the money. We had the bus. All we needed now was the people. So uh, we, uh, we did it, we did it. Now we have a transportation system that picks up students, I think they do it outside of Walmart and take them up to, and that thing was fixed so well that people who had jobs got on it as well and rode to different places so they could find jobs. And the transportation system could even lead them over to Clemson just by changing the bus and at Tri-County, get on the bus for Clemson. That was a good thing. And you had a real hand in expanding public transportation in the city too, making sure people could get around by bus. Yes, now, um, I must say that Michael Thompson, who was one of our council members during that time, had the area of Homeland Park. And uh, he left um, the council and he left that project there. Then they gave Homeland Park to me, and I knew what I was going to do. The first thing we did out there, we got the transportation system online so it could work. It can bring people out of Homeland Park or to Homeland Park, and that really worked. And one more thing I want to say about the transportation to Tri-County Tech, it was free. They didn't have to pay a dime to do it. We had uh, one or uh, two council members that said later on, um, those people over there need to pay. Yeah, but I said that they already paid. They paid for the east-west connector with no car. They can't drive on that, so they've already paid. But eventually, council, the we call it the new council, the new council voted to make everybody pay. So it's, it's not a high fee, thank God for that. It's not a high fee, but um, they are paying. People are paying now to ride the bus. And now because of that, people can come from even Belton and some of the outlying areas, catch that bus and go to school. Yeah, yeah. I talked with Dickie Smith. Dickie um, is in charge of the, um, of the adult educational program over here. Dick and I had a talk, and he was saying that he was going to have to bring people to that center up on uh, North Main Street in order to get 
um, the educational opportunities that they need, but we didn't have any way. So um, um, that was just a conversation uh, with him and a few key other people that uh, to let them see just we needed to do this. I talked with the mayor about it, and then it was done. Also, another thing um, uh, that that I'm proud of is my um, my children. I call them my children, my kids, my District Two children. Okay, um, there is a fantastic program here uh, in District Two. It's called Men at Work. All right. Um, they have a group of young boys, young young boys and young men that they're trying to work with. Give them opportunities, show them different things. And uh, they opened the door a little bit for me to get in there to work with them. And that's one of my joys uh, of, of doing that. Um, these men, uh, it's, it's, it's headed by uh, Marion Terrence. These and T Marion Terrence and Herbert Irvin and Mr. Simmons, I don't know his first name, but anyway, the three of them are the, uh, the, the faces of it. They have other people, a lot of men, but they're the, really the faces of it. And uh, they work hard to show these guys that anything I can do or help uh, to expose them to, a, uh, to the world, to life, and to just living, I try to do that, and, I, and I'm very, very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And during the summertime, we have a, a, a camping program at the Y. The Y has allowed me to um, buy in some children that um, we can send up to the Y camp during the summertime. Now, I try not to have the same children all the time because we only have so many we can serve. So each year it's a brand new crop of children that, that we send uh, up, to the, up to the Y camp for the summer. You talk a lot at council meetings about opportunities for your your citizens and your kids particularly. Uh -huh. That's always seems to have always been an important part of what you're doing as a council person. And Homeland Park, uh, with the help of the city and Bobby Bevel, uh, we looked around and we saw a need out there for the for the kids. And uh, Mr. Bevel and I worked together, and uh, District Two was able to fund a baseball program for these children. All right, uh, we thought that we were going to have about maybe enough for a team, but it was overwhelming. It was really overwhelming. But uh, we uh, we spent District Two spent five thousand dollars to start that baseball team, and it's still going on today. The children can play. They have several teams out there, and. Uh, that's one of my. Uh, that's one of the things that, that that I'm happy about that we were able to do. But working in District Two, you know, we've done a lot. We have done things that people don't even know we did. Did you know that in District Two we started the housing um, fixer upping? <laughs> How can you say that? Well, it demolished that's a word for yeah, yeah, repairs, yeah, yeah. We demolished old, burnt down. Um, houses that were uh, very, very abused, very, very, 
demeaning to the community. We were the first one to raise those houses. Uh, I was, I was uh, pleased with that. We were the first ones. And also, opportunity came for us to get some money to um, rehab the houses, okay? Guess who was first in line? District 2. <laughs> okay. What we did, we went out. Uh, now, that was Terry Chapman. Terry Chapman uh, was, the, um, was the community leader. And uh, I chose, he was chosen the same way everybody else was chosen. You're going to be the community leader, I told him. And he was good. He went around to all the houses and passed out applications. And uh, the people followed through. We did this through the um, Appalachian Council of Government. And it was, it was phenomenal. It went over very well. People got their houses done, roofs done, air conditioner floors, kitchen floors done. And uh, that was one of, uh, of our crowning glories uh, when, when that happened. When I came on, there was only one community that was organized, okay? And uh, that one was um, Jebco. It's right down the street from the Broadway Lake, a community. They were already, so I took a page from their book, and uh, we started organizing all the communities that we could because it made it so much easier to, to get things out and to find out what was going on. So we ended up with, um, Lord, I don't remember uh, the, the number, but it's a large number. I know we have Homeland Park now. We have um, uh, the east side. I think that they may have been already started on that already. But um, we have Booker Susan Street. That's another... That's another crown for us. But we have Booker Susan Street. Um, it was several of them. And uh, every month we had, we had uh, a meeting, leaders' meetings. And uh, first of all, when we first started this, Kurt Stutler. Kurt Stutler, Stutler is my, he's my partner. He's my rock, okay? But Kurt Stutler and I used to have meetings where we would train them about what to say, how to do it, what not to do, what to do, and, and about the county. And it paid off well. That paid off, too. But we've done a lot in 20 years. We have done a lot, yeah. Um, and it didn't come easily. We're in the process of a new budget year. What are some of the big challenges facing your district and the county as we go into the new budget year? Well, um, I have asked, well, this morning, in fact, I have asked that we get, okay, the money to tear down the houses started at um, 50000 the first year. And then it went as high as 150. Then it was cut down to 50000 again. But you got to remember that Anderson is growing, Anderson is getting old. 50000 won't cut it anymore. We have to have some money to finish up these houses. We have burnt houses sitting up in community that's being used by people of, by people of no character. Let's just put it that way, okay? And we have to get these houses out of these communities so people can have a, a, a full quality of life. Okay, we need more money in our recreation account. Our ordinance tells us that the recreation account is supposed to be used for rec money. It was explained to me like this. 
The city has a recreational department. We don't. So we have to provide these activities for our for our um, population. And certain amount of money is given to us for this. Right now we get um, 30000 Each district gets $30,000 plus 5000 accommodation money. That's $35,000. But uh, the money is supposed to be used for recreation, camping, uh, uh, parties, uh, Christmas time things. That's what it's supposed to be used for. The money that they allot me for district two, I use it strictly for recreation. Um, when uh, I have asked for more money, because some of some of them are broke by Christmas time, there maybe needs to be another fund to uh, to help everybody else that comes for money. Okay. Um, and Think a hospitality th tax would help. It, it would, uh, yeah, but that needs to be looked at carefully. That needs to be looked at. Um, because, well, it needs to be looked at. But um, I'd like to say this, all right? I have, I have committed myself and my district and the funds that my district get. I don't give money to all white organizations, nor do I give money to all black organizations. It's got to be a, something that everybody can take advantage of. Uh, for the past three years, we sent, District 2 sent uh, a bunch of kids to the national track meet. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of children because sometimes this is all they have. And these kids love to run. You don't believe me? Go to elementary school, okay? They love to run. So uh, District 2 provided the money for them to to do that, that sort of stuff. And it needs to be more in there and it needs to be strictly about recreation. Or give us a recreational center. Give us somebody who's going to take all this money and do what needs to be done for this area. That's the problem right there, okay? We can't live as we did 50 years ago. We have um, over 200,000 people here now. These people have, uh, uh, have to go somewhere. They're impacting the community, they impact the roads, they impact the schools and the fire station. We need more money in this area to accommodate all these peoples, all these people, and to, uh, and to help them get the things that they need in order to live here peacefully. This is one of the most beautiful places that you can live. Anderson County is absolutely beautiful, but we have to stop living like we did when uh, Grandpa was here. And we need to quit saying it was good enough for Grandpa, it's good enough for me. It's not. It's not good enough for you. It was good enough for him because he was satisfied, but we are not. But we have to open our eyes. And another thing we have to do, we have to start accepting people for where they are, if they're in the right place, and for who they are. Um, we need to stop this thing of uh, uh, picking and choosing and, um, and, 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 and being so, we need to be inclusive. And another thing, I don't believe in um, a trickle-down economy. I don't believe in that at all. I don't believe that you give all the money to the man at the top and it will trickle down to the man on the bottom. I, I just don't believe in that. I believe that you should help the man on the top 
And the man on the top and you should help the man on the bottom. That's how I feel about it. And it's, 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 not, it's not a secret that I'm very outspoken. Uh, I guess I could be very opinionated, but I don't understand what that means. Everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> they just choose whether or not they're going to say it or not. They're going to speak it or not, you know. But I am Gracie Floyd, and I'm a child of God, and I will keep on working until he tells me, okay, Gracie, you can go now and find you a nice place to live and go fishing. I love to fish. You can go fishing or... You could just sit on the porch and rock. Well, Gracie uh, is someone that if you knew her, you'll never forget her. And um, due to the pandemic, which was something Gracie was very concerned about and continued to push forward and counsel and try to get them to do more, including she wanted a countywide mask ordinance like the city's. She invited Ann Med and others to present findings to county council about that. But she was always there pushing forward for this. and. Um, her health has been challenging over the last year or so, but she still made every effort to be at county council meetings and to work with the folks in her district and for the folks in her district to get things done. And one of the things she had been working on tirelessly along with Anderson County Governmental Affairs Director Steve Newton was funding for the demolition and of dilapidated and rundown dangerous structures in her district. And on Tuesday, the first meeting after Gracie's death, county council made it official that the county would receive $250,000 grant to be used for that exact purpose in Homeland Park, which was part of her district. She would have been so pleased by this news, at least for a little while. And then she would have been looking for more ways to help her district and funding and whatever else was out there that needed to help her citizens that uh, lived in her district. As chairman Brett Sanders had this to say about it. And we also had a resolution uh, today that Miss Floyd uh, had been working on and it was some grant money to tear down 15 houses in the Homeland Park area. Uh, that grant had been applied for multiple times and, and got denied. Miss um, Floyd put her head down, got with Steve Newton, and, and they worked it out. And we've got, I think it was like a 10% match, $249,000, $250,000 to demolish and remove and abate old houses in the Homeland Park area. Uh, come with a 10% match, 24,000 and some change from the county that we actually had budgeted in our budget. So that will be uh, good for the people in the Homeland Park area. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's a, a star for Miss Florida. She's going out. I mean, uh, she worked hard on this. She cared about her district and even in her passing, she's still doing things to, to better her district and the community overall. As a result of, of the, the virus and other things, uh, the family is going to wait until a later and safer time to have a community-wide memorial service for Gracie. So stay tuned. Um, that will probably be a little while, but it'll be a good time to give people a chance to grieve and think and come up with great stories. So it should be a, a great event when it happens. Uh, there was some more good news coming out of County Council this week. Uh, there was an announcement of a $6.1 million federal grant for emergency rental relief for renters and landlords in Anderson County. Like I said, the funds will be administered by the county and AIM, and they will help not only renters but small-time landlords who are often hurting and are hurting from the financial impact of the pandemic. And uh, emergency rental assistance, which uh, I think our administrator and his staff worked on, which when I looked over it, I was very pleased with. It was a $6,075, $6,000,000, $6.1 million grant 
to assist and, and rent. Um, it's not just the, the people that's fighting to stay in their homes. It, uh, as Mr. Uh, Burns said, it also helps people. I had a, someone in my district, retired couple, that their income's off of rental income and they wasn't getting income. So not only will it allow people to stay in their homes, uh, give them the assistance they need, it will also help landlords and, and landlords with mortgages even. And this grant, uh, when I was reading through the grant, it stated that you know he had to have a population of 200,000. Uh, if we didn't apply for that or didn't receive it, that money would go to the state and the state would disperse that money all over the state. So uh, kudos to Mr. Burns and his staff for uh, finding that and, and getting some relief that will actually, the six men will stay in Anderson County and in our community and instead of being dispersed across the state. So I'm excited about that and hope that it will uh, be able to assist and help people in need. Uh, I think it will help people. And I know um, it's going to take a lot of uh, staffing and, and preparation to line people up to take care of that. But start w watching uh, the Anderson Observer News for people you trust for more information on how to apply if you're a landlord or a person renting that needs some uh, assistance from being out of work over the past year. Anderson County School District 5 teachers and, and other employees got really good news this week when they found out they'll receive a $2,000 bonus for their dedicated work during the difficult days of the virus. That's for all full-time workers. Part-time workers will get a $1,000 bonus. And Superintendent Tom Wilson said he wanted the district's employees to know they were appreciated. And speaking of appreciated, the pandemic offers a good time for us to let our local businesses and restaurants and uh, other folks know that have services that we do appreciate them hanging on and making sure we have our friends and neighbors who are in business that need our support during this pandemic. And one of those is Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, a longtime sponsor of the Anderson Observer podcast, News from People You Trust. Sullivan's has managed to make it through the pandemic so far without having to fire anybody. Uh, they adapted early on when it was curbside delivery only. They made their holiday meals, buffets, which were always such huge successes, into to-go holiday meals for Mother's Day and Father's Day and for Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, Bill Nickus and his wife, late wife Sabra took a chance on Anderson more than 20 years ago. And when they got downtown, it was nothing. And since then, they helped lead a renaissance in downtown Anderson. And kind of put it on the map because Sullivan's is one of the top 100 restaurants in the United States. It shows up in Open Table and other uh, ranking systems, and they're one of only two in the, in, the, in the state of South Carolina that made that list, the others in Charleston. And people routinely will drive from Greenville, Charlotte, even Atlanta, to eat at Sullivan's because it's just one of the best places. If you haven't tried them lately, get down there. If you're going in the weekend evening, you might want to make reservations, but try for lunch one day. And I, There's so many things on that lunch menu I recommend, but... The, during this time of year in the cool weather, I always recommend the open face pot roast. It's as good a home cooking as you'll find anywhere. So remember Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, downtown Anderson. Always one of our favorites and one of our sponsors. And also it's just good to, to support local. And I know Bill Nickus was um, really encouraging everybody to support local businesses during the holiday season and beyond. So tell them you heard about it right here. Well, also... Uh, there have been a lot of good stories popping up out of this pandemic. I know we're all really tired of it. We're weary of of uh, hearing stories about the pandemic and about relief and all. And it, for good reason, there, there's some worry out there. Uh, the upstate is 
considered the hottest spot on the planet for the virus. South Carolina overall ranks 47th in vaccination rate, 50th in positive testing rate, 45th in hospitalization rate, and 39th in death rate for COVID-19. These are not encouraging numbers. And I'm sure that there's almost nobody out there who's not lost at least one loved one to COVID-19 during the past eight months. And in addition to that, known people have been really sick. Some people are still sick from it. And it just goes on and on. But there is a glimmer of hope as the vaccine's rolling out, even though it's been kind of a clumsy and confusing rollout. The first tier of vaccines have been given to medical workers, first responders, those over 70, some of the other criticals in that group. And some of the doctors and nurses that are on the front lines there have already gotten both doses, which is great. Supplies of the vaccine are still coming in. From the doctors I've talked to, there should be enough very soon for at least everybody to get their first round here in the first couple of waves. And hopefully the groups that have, you know, are not included in that first round will get theirs done soon so it can be expanded. Uh, but in the meantime, the same old things you're tired of hearing about, masks, social distancing, and... Um, just a healthy shot of common sense needs to be injected into all of our daily routines. If you still don't practice such safety measures, uh, one, you should be embarrassed. and You should also suffer the consequences of fines being denied admission to restaurants and re retail establishments and others that are trying to keep people safe. And also move to the bottom of the list for medical treatment if you're infected. If you don't believe it, then uh, sign a waiver saying you don't want to be treated if you get the virus. Sounds kind of harsh, but it's kind of gotten to the point now it's ridiculous that people are still treating COVID-19 like a, like a game of political chicken. And I'm guessing that those who oppose masks and socializing probably wear seatbelts and take antibiotics when they have an infection. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just against any kind of medical fact and medical science. But any, either way, until these numbers are dramatically dropped in Anderson County, I favor any measures that will produce consequences for those who are spreading the virus and spreading misinformation. On the other side, though, there are some good stories popping up. You've heard stories of people helping those in need. You've heard the stories of, of, of the frontline medical workers that are working massive hours and showing great love. If you looked at any of those during the holidays, you saw some examples of doctors and nurses really reaching out to people. It, they, were never, they never went into the medical field to be hospice workers for the most part, and that's what a lot of them have become is they've had to stay with people as they died when no family could visit. So there are some people out there who are really doing extraordinary work. There are also some uh, companies, some corporations in our business in our area that have stepped up. And one example I wanted to mention this week was Electrolux that had stepped up offering Anderson County any kind of refrigeration unit, units it needed to store vaccines safely as they rolled out here. Um, the uh, company has long been committed to um, community citizenship in Anderson. They provided appliances and air conditioners and such to organizations like AIM over the years. But having that refrigeration to keep our stores of vaccine safely is a big deal, and they were ready to say, what do you need and when do you need it? That's what Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns told me, and, and they really stepped up and did that. Also, during the holidays, they provided materials for Homes for Hope, which has more than 70 houses in Anderson for working-class folks who are just above the state's poverty line. They don't qualify for any sort of uh, state or federal benefits, but they also don't have enough money to really be established financially and be able to make it. Uh, so that's where they step in and provide housing. I talked to uh, Brooke Wedding, a spokesperson for the Homes of Hope, a few weeks ago about that donation when it was being delivered here in Anderson. Yeah, so um, Electrolux was very kind and they donated um, two 18-wheeler trucks full of kitchenware to be donated to our housing clients. Um, we have 
over 640 homes um, in the upstate area, including Anderson, and so um, we are out distributing those today. We've got anywhere from pots and pans set, we've got kitchen utensils, spatulas, um, all kinds of stuff. Now, has Electrolux worked with y'all before? No, this is the first time. We're really excited about um, working with them, and um, they're wanting to get plugged into the to our communities, and we're really excited about you know what's to come with it. Um, so we've been around since, um, well, we've been around for 22 years. Um, since then, we have developed 641 homes, and we also have a men's program um, for men who are overcoming addiction and recovery. Um, and we have graduated um, 318 men from that program already. So we've been around for a while, um, and we are just starting. We're just getting started, really. It's only the beginning. Um, there's so many things that we're doing. And we love partnerships like this, where we're working with other people who just love their community, like Electrolux. It's good to hear those stories of good corporate citizens, and we have a lot of them in Anderson County. I just wanted to mention that one this week. I'll mention another one next week. And that is about it for this week's Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. Join me next week for an interview with a local author who has written a compelling and fascinating book that's gotten a great deal of national attention. And it is really a good read and it's an interview you don't want to miss. Wear your mask, social distance, and get out there and do something to make Anderson a better place. Bobby's there, I mean you both singing the same song, they Jim. Bubble doo ba doo ba people here